Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Jessie too. And mine, Helen Stenbeck. And you're listening to another episode of Asian Bitches Down Under. How's it going, Helen? Yeah, I'm well. And yourself? Um, well, half I'm half of my body is inoperative. Actually, no, not oh, half. That's sorry. Right. Just yeah, so you my had arm. a surgery earlier this week. Yes, on my wrist. Just an old is a chronic injury from in yoga from about six years ago that finally was able to be um, attended to. So mm-hmm. I have a cast um, on my hand, but apart from that, just learning to operate with one arm is um, taking things slow slowly. I think is a big lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm. you reminds you the like the privilege that you have both. Um, both arms that is exactly thinking about you know how relative that is to some people that absolutely would not have the use of both arms for the yep. rest of their life that is exactly yeah. what mum said so yeah. mum and dad oh, were good. yeah mum and dad were so lovely in the last couple of days helping me out and stuff but yeah mum was like this is making hopefully is making you realize how lucky you are <laughs> As, as yeah. someone who has two operating arms, we just Wouldn't don't. That, that's just, just we just don't think that about that it. Always said, you know, like yeah. be grateful of what you have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this week, um, I was going to talk about just a couple of things on my mind, mm. and I want to just bring up uh, the new book that was been out. That's been out. Um, by the U.S. former National Security Advisor, John Bolton. Uh, the book is called The Room Where It Happened. Mm. Um, the Room Where It Happened. It yeah, sounds like some sort of like happened. sexual escapade or something. Yeah. It sounds sexual. It, it, it might be because it's <laughs> political, you know. It's all about the political stance about this former security advisor, his conflict with Donald Trump. I, I don't know about how much our listeners really into U.S. politics, but I saw that. Um, I've heard about this book coming out and then um, I didn't know whether or not I should read it and mm. then I heard one of my favorite podcasts uh, they were talking about it this morning and I just got a feeling that um, you know that how the narratives have always been presented by powerful white men yeah and in this case you know the authorities of the speech has always been US because it is a superpower mm. and I don't know it's just it feels like uh, the stories that we're looking at, like the stories that we're listen to, li- listen to or taught about, is always by from people who are empowered. Exactly. And I don't know how many people out there really question the truth of about the stories exactly. yeah, they're telling. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. from the perspective of whoever has the most social clout. Yeah, Definitely. That's right. I mean, you know, yeah. it's the whole old, old adage of um, history is told by whoever are the winners or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think yeah, it's something that I constantly have been thinking about often. Just you know, like whose whose perspective are we prioritizing? You know, like mm-hmm. who's like mm-hmm. you open up a book. It's so important to look at who that writer is and the mm-hmm. pedigree because you know that informs everything that they're saying. Mm-hmm. And if you don't question where they get their information, then you're kind of just like being moving through the world unconsciously and sort of taking in information that might not necessarily be 
I mean, I just think that there are different iterations of truth, and this idea mm-hmm. of truth right. has always been has always been constructed by the powerful, which is powerful. you know usually white yeah. men. White yeah. men. Yeah. For for anyone who's interested, I strongly recommend. Uh, maybe I should do as well uh, to reread yeah. the book uh, by uh, Jeff Larkoff, L A R K O F. The book is called Political Mind. Um, I'll. I think I'll probably reread it before the U.S. election. Why this is that? Year. I've never heard of that book. Tell, um, us, tell us about it. To better understand the disparities in U.S. between the conservative and prog- um, progressive um, parties, like Dem- they call Democrats. values and all yeah. that. Yeah, right. because this book really it's very neutral. I think it presents the two core values and make you think. Mm. Rather than you know a lot of books that will probably be either very left or very right, and like i don't know i but but then i think political mind is more like a bit more neutral and you'll get right perspectives from both sides yeah uh, who is jeff larkoff is he an academic or what i think he's uh he's actually a um neuro sexy yeah from one of yeah from one of the university so I actually quite like the language that he used in the book it's not very difficult to follow but it is mm. It is, um, yeah, for someone who hasn't, like, got in touch with social economics, I think it's a good book to start with. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think um, I stopped trying to read political memoirs and cabinet diaries years ago. I was so obsessed with them in my 20s because it was, like, such a mm-hmm. thing for law students to do, like, read <laughs> yeah. prime minister biographies and yeah, cabinet diaries yeah, from, cool. like, um, yeah, like, the Keating Hawk book I still have that an ex-boyfriend oh gave me. Oh my god! Uh-huh. <laughs> oh Gareth, Gareth Evans actually. I was obsessed with Gareth Evans for a few for a few months back in my twenties. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's move on from that. I don't know mm. what I was trying to be. Um, but uh, I want to talk about a documentary that I watched mm-hmm. on Netflix last night called um, Athlete mm-hmm. A. So it's mm-hmm. about Larry Nasser and the the doctor as part uh, the guy who was part of the USA gymnastics team who, you know, he abused over 500 girls. Was it 500? Just, yeah, oh my goodness. And how many shocking. allegations came up? Uh, you know? Well, more than 500 complaints. Okay. So, so there might have been more. But yeah, it might have been more women. Yeah, I'm pretty girls. sure there will be more. Yeah. Shares. But it's just horrifying. It's so horrifying. I, I guess I, I don't want to go into, I wouldn't, I, I, I won't like, tell you all about the whole documentary but you know most people know the what the story about uh, mm-hmm. Larry Nasser um I just wanted to say that the documentary is really good I think it was really well done I think my tolerance for documentaries has sort of the threshold for a good documentary for me has grown exponentially over the last couple of years I just think like the documentary mm-hmm. as a art form hasn't really evolved mm-hmm. that much over the last couple of decades and so for mm-hmm. me to really latch onto a doc- good doco is a big thing and I think this doco was really really good I felt that mm-hmm. it was much better than the I also watched the one about um Jeffrey Epstein a few weeks ago and I oh, thought that okay. was uh-huh. yeah that was I think it was called Filthy Rich or something but um I didn't enjoy that as much as I enjoyed this but the Jeffrey Epstein mm. one was in parts as well I think it was in four or five parts whereas mm-hmm. this okay. Athlete A was just a one sit down documentary for about two hours Okay. Yeah. Um, Is it, are they both on Netflix? Yes, they are. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll have a look. I think it's yeah. I think yeah. it's really it's it's so important. I know for myself to just kind of be aware and always mm-hmm. be aware that 
about the sort of systemic structures upon which sexual abuse happens so yeah it so, is very so bad, much in society it's like oh it's, it's so what think. really yeah i think why i really yeah. fascinated by it not in a you know cultish way but like in a deeply empathic way is because like as someone who has like experienced sexual violence and as someone who is a feminist i feel like i want to be able mm-hmm. to speak the language of like i remember there was this one woman in a documentary i think maybe it was actually in the jeffrey epstein doco where she said there should be a third gender for women who have mm-hmm. or people people who have been sexually abused like that's how mm-hmm. prevalent it is you know survivors mm-hmm. of sexual abuse and they're just it's terrible i know it made me just think it's just it's mm. just so swept under the carpet and yeah. i guess i'm i'm glad and buoyed by the fact that there are more mainstream documentaries opening up conversations and about, talking about it talking yeah. about these yeah. yes there's these yeah, predatory men definitely yeah you really have to be open up about the reason that it wasn't talked about it because it's been uh well you know sexual sexual harassment or assault uh, uh, victims being made um or been oppressed into shame you know like being told that they even though they're the victims and but they need to take some responsibilities of themselves too so the you know the the problem is it was never really pointed at the perpetrators you know in our last generation so hopefully as the society moves on, then we will, you know, dissect this problem more openly and, you know, have an open conversation about it. Absolutely, I agree. I think what really broke my heart was the overwhelming general grammar and tenor and rhetoric of the way in which the women would often say, I just had no words to explain what was happening. Like they didn't, they couldn't mm. even call it sexual abuse because they didn't. They were so young, they didn't know what they was right know. from wrong. Yeah. I know it's yeah. just, it's just yeah. absolutely galling. And when you're, when you're, especially when you're facing someone with power and authority over you, you have less say in it. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's a major problem, major major problem. Absolutely, yeah. which is so related to what we're about to talk about. Yes. Right, power dynamics. Uh, yeah. Yeah, power dynamics. And before that, I yeah, just want to quickly go through two things. One thing is to a shout out to our listener, Sally. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny because, uh, Jesse, you mentioned her on, on our last phone conversation. Yeah. And she was, uh, you, you, you said that um, uh, she asked <laughs> whether or not I, I, I hate my husband. <laughs> no, she said, uh, do anyway, you have a happy marriage? Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I caught uh, up with my Sal answer last is week. Um, no one really have a happy marriage. <laughs> yeah, and every relationship and every marriage is a shit. You know, and, um, <laughs> I just had, went through a major like an argument, like a fight, you know, with my husband over yeah. the weekend. Mm. And then, um, do you want to like talk I about didn't it? Talk, um, I can't really remember what was the argument <laughs> about. Anyway, because I was just having the you know I was having my periods coming up, so okay. I have this really massive mood swing and uh-huh. I just went berserk with to him uh-huh. this is something about you know um, shouting to our kids and uh, we were telling each other don't shout to the kid and we end up shouting to each other yeah, yeah. anyway um, so we end up not talking right for, for 24 hours you know to oh. just cool down yeah right and then um, the next day uh, Sean my husband he, he turned to me and said that oh okay I w- like we we're trying to settle this out and then he gives me a hug and I kind of like gave in <laughs> 
And I, I was just telling him, I was still in a very bad mood. So I said that, oh, our marriage is shit. You know, I hate this and I, our marriage mm-hmm. is shit and things like that. And he, he replied to me and saying that, well, roses love shit. You know, as in like roses, they like fertilizers and fertilizers right. are mostly shit. Yeah. So he, he, he was, he was, I think his intention was trying to make a joke in there, but I, I understand what he means. You know, like every relationship, there's shit going through that yeah. you just have to um, go through with it. That's how we grow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's. I don't know if that's an answer for you, Sally, but thank you so much for listening to us. Yeah, I think, well, I appreciate you saying that to us, Hell, because I think you have, like, just hearing you say that, I wish more people were more open about their relationships and especially their marriages because from the outside, no one really knows what goes on inside and it's less alienating for us on the Mm. outside to, to, to know that it's not perfect. No, it's not. It's definitely not perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's not to the point that everything breaks down. But you mm. know, even if even though if everything breaks down, you you need to find a way to fix it. That's yeah. how life goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we so need let's, to yeah mm. uh, books. Let's talk about books. Yeah, books. Uh, do you so want me to I, talk about what I've written, or should we just go on to the main? Yeah, I have theme? a book coming out. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to mention. Um, so Jesse's book um launched uh this week. So yeah, it's on sale now. Books, yeah, bookstores. Yeah, congratulations Yay! to Jesse <laughs> that her you know her debut has been out this week. So, uh, the book is called "A Lonely Girl Is a Dangerous Thing." So also, uh, I want to mention that um, for anyone who is free for next Monday afternoon, okay, so look up the website of Better Read Than Dead. That's a bookshop. Better Read Than Dead. Yep. Yeah, they have a event next Monday, sixth of July, afternoon at four thirty p.m. So Jesse oh, will be having six thirty. Oh, six thirty. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, six thirty. Um, Jesse will be having a conversation with Emily McGuire via Zoom. So you can purchase the book through the events and the tickets to attend the online chat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, support Australian Asian writers. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. That's amazing. I can't wait to read it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I hope you don't look at me weirdly afterwards. <laughs> okay. I don't think anyone knows, but I read the first. I, I read your. Yeah, I still have you your did. very first copy. Yeah, I still have like it my here. drafts. Yeah, yeah, your drafts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so let's head into our main topic uh, for this episode. So we're mm-hmm. gonna ask, um, why do older men prefer younger women? Or the other way around. Firstly, I just want to come. I just want to talk about how we came up with the topic, and then sure, I'll yeah. move on to the issues on maturity. Yeah. So why were um, you? Why? Why? How did we end up deciding this was oh, a thing? What well, I, I came on across. I, I came across with a discussion. I told you about you know how I was having a discussion with my Taiwanese friends. You know mm. about mm. the female mu- musician in Taiwan. Mm. Zhang Qinfan, she recently announced that she had a divorce a couple of weeks ago and she was 53 and her husband's 14 years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail of their life. So apparently it's just that, you know, she met him when she was in her mid-30s. She was extremely popular and he's a financial ty- ty- tycoon. Mm-hmm. And um, so they married 15 years ago. 
Um, she was already very financially independent, but um, for some reason, probably is like tenacious framework of conservative social expectations. You know yeah, that she thinks yeah. that she needs to. She thought that she needed to get married, have kids, so she'd end up with this guy.、Mm. Anyway, after two kids and fifteen years, she decided that she wanted to get the divorce because there's different values that they want in their life.、Mm. And then, among all those like gossip talk with my friend, one of the comment popped up and saying that oh. I'm not surprised that she's divorced. I'll be more surprised if Jay Chu is divorced. And I was just saying,、so、who's okay, Jay Chu? Jay Chu, um, Zhou Jielun. So he's a very like, apparently he's like a superstar in Asia. Well, he is. He, he is. is. He is. Yeah, even yeah, I know him. Yeah. So he's like a very popular pop musician. Would you call him pop rap? Yeah, <laughs> musician, and then he's actually、um, been on one of the movie、um, Green Hornet. Yes, that was with, with Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen he, yeah. yeah, he played、mm-hmm. the psychic,、right. the Asian psychic. Yeah,、uh-huh. yeah, in the movie. Anyway, so that, that a friend said that oh, I'll be more surprised if Jay Chu got divorced. And I say, why would you? I wouldn't. Like, yeah, that's my perspective. That was that was my opinion. I said、yeah. I wouldn't. I'll be actually be more happy. If he he's divorced, not in the sense that I hope that he gets he's divorced with his wife and things like that.、Mm. But、um, my argument was that、uh, I just said that oh, probably would be better for his wife、mm. um, because、uh, she's like、uh, I think she's fourteen years younger than him,、mm-hmm. and she married him when she was I think twenty one or twenty two, so relatively yeah. early. Yeah. And it's just something that I feel really, really strange knowing that how they met and、um, how they eventually got married. Yeah, that, tell us the story.、Um, so you told you said that she he she had met him、mm. when she was like a young prepubescent, prepubescent, right? Yeah. So、um, Hannah, that's her name.、Uh, she, when he first met her, she was only fourteen. She was already working in the entertainment industry,、mm-hmm. and she started going out with him when she was seventeen. Mm. And he was in、Let's、his thirties. Yeah, and he was in his thirties. So literally, seventeen is under age.、Mm. You know, somehow I can't feel like slightly suspicious of the、yeah. idea of grooming because they know each other for so yeah. long. Yeah. And because he's a superstar, you know, so people don't suspect that because he's rich, he's powerful, and and perhaps in some people's eyes that he's good looking. Like to、yeah. me, he's not. Yeah. And and also that. Uh, according to you know some of the、um, news outlet, Jay Chu had two girlfriends、um, prior to meeting Hannah.、Uh-huh. Uh, one of them was Jolene Tai, and the other one's Patty Ho.、Mm-hmm. And both there were complications between Jay Chu and the two women. Apparently, he started going out. He was already in a relation with Jolene, and then he didn't break that relationship. Properly, and then、mm. he was starting going to going out with Patty. Yeah. So essentially, that you know, some people were saying that oh, he's probably cheating on Jolene. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's one of the element that I really didn't like him. You know, people will keep asking me, oh, why don't you like him? He's such a you know good musician. He's talented. He plays piano. I don't even know why people think that because he plays piano and it's fine to <laughs> to not to hate not on someone. That he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
both of the women, so Jolene is a major star in Taiwan as well, and Patty is like a, she's like Megan Kelly in US. Okay. So she's a mass, massive, like I wouldn't use the word massive, but she's she's well known like reporter in Taiwan. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. broadcaster. Yeah. When when the news broke out that Jay Chu is going out with Hannah and they eventually got married, you know, I I can't. I can't understand that why he didn't like he chooses not he chooses a younger woman mm. rather than the two super confident talented mature. women yeah yeah and mature as well yeah yeah is it because okay one thing she's younger and perhaps less experienced with life you know mm. and yeah. would that be the reason that it's easier for manipulate or control, you know, yeah, in yeah, the relationship. Totally. Yeah, I, I want to find a better word for it. I don't want to use control, but but that's ostensibly what often happens, you know. Control. Yeah, I yeah. think the reason why you're reluctant to use the word control because it has such strong connotations attached to it. But True. often, control within relationship happens in very, very subtle ways. Yes, you know. Yes. Yeah. I think I think there's an element of emotional co- abuse or control in every single relationship because we're mm-hmm. fucking human, you yeah, know? We can't yeah. help ourselves. We're all insecure. We all want to mm-hmm. be able to know what the other person is thinking. And so we end up being dicks sometimes. Yeah, and also we um we were talking about this the other phone conversation that, you know, do men enjoy being worshipped? Yeah, you know the word worship then came up, yeah. and in another rhetoric that people will rephrase using worship because some sometimes it sounds degrading, you know, yeah. like um, <laughs> it's so funny. I was looking, I was researching for this um topic. Uh, something that came up was that uh, do you remember that the French novelist Young Moix, uh, he caused a uproar last year, commenting that women over fifty are invisible to him. Uh-huh. Because he was, he's not respected by women over fifty. He used the word respect, <laughs> and he's incapable of loving women over fifty. So How old he, is he? There's a lot of. He, he's fifty. He's over fifty. <laughs> so he couldn't. He said he publicly came out. I think it was a, an interview with Mary Claire saying that he is he can't be with woman that's his same same age as him. That he prefers yeah. a body that's like a twenty five year old body. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's a very sexist remark. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that says what kind of person he is, you know, and what he values. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. That's all it says to me. Yeah. I think, yeah, so, I mm-hmm. think um, the idea of worshipping, like a lot of men, I think when you enter into a relationship, you're after something. And if you are more drawn to younger women, then maybe there's an element of you that is deeply insecure where you feel like you need to have someone beside you that will tell you how wonderful and amazing you are Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. maybe younger women because you know younger women don't know their power yet they're still stepping into their power you know and I'm so interested Mm -hmm. in this idea of like how young women learn what is powerful and how to use their power and you know Mm -hmm. the society makes it that our most powerful asset is our sexuality and so Mm. uh, when you capture like a lot of these men like you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Dennis Quaid and Jay Chu, they kind of groom and Jerry Springer, I think also they, they, I'm going to go out there and say they groom, they groom these women um, who yeah. they, they girls, sorry, I shouldn't even say women. These are girls who they've known since these girls were like 12 years old. And so a 12 year old girl is going to see this guy 
in a very powerful position. He's like much older. He's experienced. He is very appealing to her for a lot of mm-hmm. different reasons. But the thing is, like, he wants her for a very specific reason, mm-hmm. and that reason isn't her mind or her no. integrity or you know mm-hmm. yeah. or her heart. Mm-hmm. It's for other insidious things. Yeah. So on that note, I, I just want to quickly mention on the science perspectives on maturity.、Mm. Um, you know how that we have been, we grow up,、um, been told whether or not that it's passed down by our parents、mm. in our school. Yeah.、Um, well, at least for me, that I've always been told that women, girls mature, girls mature faster, faster. Yeah. And boys. Yeah. And I was just reading it through stuffs online, and there's actually a published research in 2013、uh, with the discovery of girls tend to optimize the brain connection earlier than boys.、Mm. But、um, the conclusion with explanation of why female generally mature faster in certain cognitive and emotional areas than males during childhood and adolescence. But the social construction of overall society and family influence could make a huge impact of how individual matures in according to gender stigma. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Have you read Middlesex? Um, by George Eliot. I started it maybe, but like when I was eighteen, but I didn't finish it.、Yes. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. A, yeah. So this article also talked about. Are you、um, talking about Middlesex? As in, sorry. Middlesex is Jeffrey Eugenius. Um, uh, I haven't got the reference in here, but um, it says that the book that um it have the reference of the gender identifications can be on spectrum. You know, making generalizations about differences of brain uh brain structure based upon being a boy or a girl can be difficult. So in that. In that note, I think that you know when scientists are trying to solve questions of why, across the large data points, there appear to be variations between brain development among、um, male and female. So I think、um, in terms of science, there's still not a like a total conclusion whether or not that it is true that female mature faster. Yeah.、Um, I I think. I mean, I think the reason why we have this idea of girls maturing faster is because we have to. Because girls,、mm. we are so much more vulnerable to、yes. physical、um, violence, and so、mm-hmm. for a woman to, for a girl to not be vigilant and careful and cautious、mm-hmm. is actually dangerous to her well-being.、Yeah. And so women, so girls have、mm-hmm. to be mature、yeah. at a younger age. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's more of the social environments rather than the biological. Exactly. Yes.、Yeah. And I think, like、uh, you know, those studies that say, "Oh, girls mature faster." They've always been created、mm-hmm. by men. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's right. You know the article that I was reading.、Um, this guy called Christopher Berglund. Um, so it's it's like a, it's a journal or an article for like a science science website.、Um, it's saying that uh, the social uh, the society's、um, construction makes a, a big impact on how maturity goes between female and male. He pointed out that the educational pressure, you know, perhaps the standardized test, you know, increased. Indoor activities are not fit for many children, especially boys. You know、mm-hmm. that. I don't know if that's his reason that、um, 
limited the optimization of brain functions and that means that the boys mature later i mean i'm not a science expert so when i was reading the article there's a couple of like paragraphs that's very technical i couldn't understand but i think the essence is down to you know chicken or the eggs comes first you know yeah um we need to identify the reasons female had been regarded to be mature earlier because of the social construction like what you were saying Mm. about the things that we're encountering that we were groomed to do so or is it the expectations that are not not questioned you know we continue to see that females should mature earlier or females do mature earlier because we our brain has been told to do so exactly exactly flexibility and we we have that just we adapt. It just, we it learn to adapt. adapt. Yeah, yeah. Is it really biological, or is it just an excuse for male to mature later, or even oh, not I think mature it's at all? Absolutely the latter. I actually, I think yeah. it's absolutely the latter. Like, if if I had to percentageize it, maybe like ninety five percent the latter and five percent biology. Mm-hmm. I really think that, and I don't mind having my opinions corrected. Sure, I'm. There's going to be heaps of people out there who are saying I'm wrong. There, there is always going to be scientific fact to prove whatever mm. you want to say out there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like this idea of yeah. fact and truth is so, there's so many iterations of it. But mm-hmm. I wanted to say that um, I remember when I was in my 20s, I think my early 20s, I was like trying to date men my age. But a lot of my friends who were much older were saying, no, don't date men who are like 22. Um, you got to date men who are like in their 30s because a, a boy's brain, a man's brain is not developed until he's 25. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. they have I so heard that much. Before. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, they're like, I've, I remember thinking that's so unfair because they had a, like a longer leeway to be boys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. so jealous of that. And then mm-hmm. I always think, I also think that um, that idea of like men and boys and the sort of longer, the longer capacity in which they are able to behave badly which is ostensibly what happens when you call a boy a boy you're you know making them you're making you're saying they can have a pass because he's a boy so I read this incredibly powerful essay in the New Republic this week by a woman a, a, a journalist called Madeline Des Sophie Madeline Des and um, she this article is called um, Temping for the One Percent so mm-hmm. she is a a writer in New York who decided instead of making the intern hop that a lot of uh, aspiring writers do from like magazine to magazine, she was going to make as much money um, temping for a lot of very wealthy businesses. So she was a receptionist for Mm -hmm. like financiers, you know, like Wall Street Mm -hmm. guys. And the article, there was this one, like I, I would, definitely urge everyone to read the article. I'll link it to the show notes. This article is such a, gorgeous was um what is that term fly on the wall observation of what it's like to be a woman in those kind of spaces where it's completely Mm -hmm. male dominated but there was this one part where she says often um the financier guys the men these Mm -hmm. are all grown men would sometimes gather in the bosses like the big bosses um office and what the boss mm-hmm. would say would be like come in boys come in boys let's open champagne or whatever but they would often be referred to as boys and mm-hmm. i found that really interesting mm-hmm. it's like bring your worst behavior into the ballroom exactly. or something like it exactly is that, that's we're how giving I'm you yeah it. exactly yeah. we're giving i'm giving you permission to behave like a boy behave like 
Yeah. By calling you a boy. On that note, I I want to like just um mention a couple of the memes that is has been going on like that I've seen regularly uh-huh. on um social media platforms. So the first one is um yeah, everyone just think about it after you listen to this, you know. So the first one is notice how girls mature faster is never stated as a reason why girls should be given more position of power and authority. It only works to hold girls to greater accountability than boys and to justify men's attraction to them. Mm, that's great. And, that's a, and the second one, girls don't mature faster than boys. Boys are just babied away longer than girls and mm. aren't hold accountable for their actions or their actions are excused for boys will be boys. Yeah. I still hear this so many times. Yeah. In in my past fifteen <laughs> years of being parent, a uh, parent, you know, yeah, I I can yeah. still hear parents saying that about their sons. Like I oh. never, I would never say that about my my son. You know, I, I yeah, I, that's I, why I your son's perfect, by the way. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Okay. okay, the last one: girls don't mature faster than boys. Um, girls are punished from the earlier age for the same behavior that boys are allowed to indulge well into adulthood. Yes. Exactly what you were saying before about your friends giving you advice of dating older men because, you know, they get to play around for longer. Yeah, they get to play around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they uh, they they get the space to fool around and not be accountable, Mm -hmm. which is just so unfair. Yeah. Mind you, this is like, mind you, this is very general. Like my, um, well, I dated a guy who was nine years younger than me a couple of years ago and he was like the most mature mm-hmm. guy. He <laughs> was like the most mature man I've yeah, ever dated. Yeah, of course it's not absolute. It's not absolute. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our question today is that why mm. do older men seek younger women? Mm. Yeah. Um, I've read a, a piece written by a therapist that she reviews some uh, surprising truths. I don't know if it's really yeah. surprising about why older men marry younger women. So uh, the article was written by um, a therapist in Aspen, Colorado, uh, Rachel Lee. Why do I always... It reminds me Aspen. It always reminds me Dumb Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another movie about immature men. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeff Daniels and uh, Jim Carrey. We grew up on yeah. that film. How yeah, weird is that? Yeah. That is so fucking weird. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, so the piece was published last year. She looked at the couples with massive age gap differences. I didn't know this mm. until I was researching on the topic. It's actually called May-December marriage. So yeah. couples with like huge a- age differences. Yeah. Um, so she admitted that um, she used to think that uh, had a very – like she admitted that she's not proud of the stigma that she held that she saw that um, young woman is usually a gold digger and the man is sexist and want the youth to fulfill his final years. So apparently it's actually 10% in that case, 90% of the couples that she saw of, you know, like older men with young woman, their combination are for other reasons, mm. you know, um, Lee said that the instant click between the man who went through devastating divorce and decreased ego and all the faults that has been laid bare throughout the divorce process 
And then here comes with a you know young woman who's in her twenties who appreciate everything about this older man,、mm. you know even though he went through divorce. I, I think it's it's benefit for both sides because she would think that because he's already already financially stable,、mm. and also he's intelligent, yeah, worldly, socially experienced with a lot of things. Um, so she would look around, you know, the men or boys around her same age. You know、yep. who is she gonna choose? You know、yep. if she's got picked up with by this older man who's、yeah. so well off. Yeah, there's a there's a there's definitely a trade off elements in it. Totally. You know, totally. Um, but apparently, according to um Sarah's Lee, she said that the marriage issue was soon revealed due to the age. She mentioned that you know, of course, every marriage relationship. Have their own problems, and people evolve and people grow. Sometimes individual,、um, sometimes by individuals. Sometimes you know, there's different reasons. And according to her, you know, her counseling experience, so the young woman will grow more confident and wants to maintain the usefulness within the relationship, whereas the man ages. Um, unless that he looks after himself extraordinarily well, you know、mm. his health could be an issue to keep up with her,、mm. and not to mention the sex drive between the two could go different ways. Yeah, you know when when once a woman heads into her thirty her forties, you know presumably, you know her sexual peak and the man's sexual drive declines as his age. Mm. Through her experience, that the wo- yeah the younger woman tends to start comparing her older husband. With her friends' husbands who are around、mm. the same age as herself, right? Yeah, you know, I guess it's human nature. You know, you compare what you don't have. Yeah, yeah. So that's the issues that she picked up when when she's doing counseling with couples like you know, big age differences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would find it hard to, um, like I find in the past my connection with my partners has been. Through a lot of like cultural things and what we shared growing up, and so、mm-hmm. I would find it hard to share same references. You know, if if I was dating someone way older than me, like my 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 um biggest age gap in my dating history was a guy who was ten years older than me, and like、mm-hmm. I thought that was okay, but I don't think I could go beyond that because. Then I wouldn't be able, like he wouldn't be able to know what I was referring to when I, you know, maybe he would actually since he had existed. If I'm dating someone much older, but like, you, know, if I was dating someone thirty years older, I wouldn't understand a lot of the cultural references he would be referring to. I guess,、yeah. and so, yeah, well, well, we're we're looking at like the age gap. You know, Sean Penn, he's fifty nine, and his partner is, and his girlfriend's twenty seven, twenty seven. Dennis Quay, sixty-five, and his latest、yeah. girlfriend or wife is twenty-six.、Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I came across with a massive one. Mick Jagger. <laughs> um, yes, Mick Jagger is seventy-five, and his、uh, his wife. I don't know his wife or his girlfriend. Anyway, is thirty-two. She had a baby. They just had a yeah. They have a baby in twenty sixteen. I don't understand why men who want to have kids. I mean, of you know course, why. You know, he's you know wealthy、why. enough. He didn't have. To, yeah, but you know why. I don't understand. I, I just yes, you do.、It. I mean, we've just unpacked it because、yeah. they want something that they don't no longer have, which is youth and beauty. 
you yeah. like i'm drawn to very attractive yeah. people because i feel like myself i'm not very attractive you know we want what we don't have mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. these men they are insecure because they're human beings and so they need to reach for what they don't have and what they don't have mm-hmm. is youth and beauty and mm-hmm. sexuality so they're going to look for that in their partners and their partners on the other hand, what they have is youth and beauty and sexuality, but what they don't have maybe is like status and Money. rank and wealth yeah. and respect and reputation and prestige and public recognition yeah. and power. And so they, like if Dennis Quaid... So it's a very trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Yeah. If Dennis Quaid wanted to date me, I would probably say yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine Dennis Quaid meeting our parents. Oh my God. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, and you know Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio always dating women under twenty. Dennis Quaid's out that age. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I have a crush on my surgeon, and my surgeon is like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, my surgeon is like in his fifties, maybe. I don't know, but like he's he is like not what you would say. He doesn't look like Dennis Quaid. Let's just say that. But he, there's something so charming about him. And like very mm-hmm. charismatic, and it's the way he carries himself. Like there's this little like swagger yeah. that he waltzes in, like waltzes into the room, and it's I find that very appealing. Confidence. I think it's maybe confidence, yeah. And I confidence. find that super sexy. Like any man who is confident, like older man, I think if he's not like being a cock, cocky ass, is very very sexy. Mm-hmm. I think there's a definitely a line. Like if you're talking about like barrister yeah, confidence, I fucking hate that. It's disgusting. It's repellent. But like there's this kind of like quiet and also my surgeon speaks very quietly and slowly. Oh, and it's nice. really nice. Mm-hmm. I like gentle men who are just gentle gently mm-hmm. confident. That's nice. I think that's a characteristic that you need to have as a surgeon, wouldn't mm. it? Yeah, you're right, yeah. maybe. Anyway, um there's another article that I digged out. Um it was written in twenty eighteen. Can I ask you? Yeah, I just want to ask you, um uh-huh. when you were dating men because your husband is how many years older? Sean is eight years yeah, older. Yeah, some people me. might say that's quite big. Okay. So were were you ever attracted to much older men? Because before one of my exes, I yeah, before one of my exes who was like 10 years older, I wasn't very much appeal. Like I actually tended to go for younger men because younger men I felt were more gentle and woke. But what about you? But I haven't really... I, never really reached um approach with feminist ideas until I was much older, you know, mm. just last ten years. Mm. So I never really thought about it. So, you know, when growing up, you know, how our parents usually would tell us that girls need to find like I was like brainwashed, you know, yeah. to find partners that's older than me. Mm. So my previous boyfriend had always been older than me. At least by three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was going out with my husband boyfriend then um he thought i was actually only like three or four years younger than right him. so i look much mature or <laughs> older <laughs> in that sense um when we first which met. is funny because you currently yeah. look 25 <laughs> <laughs> no i don't is this the haircut right. the pencil yep. haircut mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway so the the other article that i looked up um it was written in 2018 by um, Rebecca Stoner. I love this yeah, article. Yeah, tell me why. Okay. So uh, it's in one of, I shouldn't say it's in a blog called Unconventional Wisdom titled, Are Men Really Hardwired to Desire Younger mm-hmm. Woman? 
So she questioned whether or not that is a social product that men prefer younger women mm-hmm. and younger women prefer older right. men. Isn't that a reinforcement of misogynistic idea of having women being sub- subordination to yeah. men? Or like how we talked about is it really respect that the men's asking, you know? Is it respect or subordination, you know? The discussion went on to further commenting how the society's uh, predetermined idea, mm. you know? I, like, I, I, don't use, I shouldn't use the word idea, but it's more stigmatized gender roles. Of you know how male breadwinner and female exactly exactly so yeah in that sense that because f- uh, male being the breadwinner there needs to be a financial dependent for the mm. you know for the woman mm-hmm. to be with mm-hmm. him and the debate goes on and I'll just read out this quote I really love it so she says that the claim that men naturally prefer younger women is an assertion of power cloak in the language of evolutionary psychology mm. it implies that a woman's accomplishment power money intelligence and ambitions are at best secondary commodities on the marriage market men in this formulation only get better with mm. age which is oh, true. I love like, that quote. Yeah. You know, how that woman's fertility will start to decline earlier. Yeah. All that, you know. And she also mentioned about gender inequality issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently in the study in uh, from UN, scientists Alice Early and Wendy Wood discovered that as gender equality increased, women expressed less preferences for older men. Men expressed... Ex- sorry, expressed less preferences for younger women and consequently the sex differences in the pref- preferred age of mates become smaller. I think education is such a big element. You know, if you're talking about gender e- equality, yeah. and that's what we're talking about today, you know, education, getting to know whether or not... What I was going to say, I can't remember well, like, what I was going I to say. I just think, like... This idea of age mattering for a woman is so inculcated in into us, you know, as 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 women, as young women. It's from such an early age we think that it matters. And I have a lot of girlfriends who are in their mid thirties, and they're worried about the fact that they're in their mid thirties, and a lot of the men are that they're dating are looking for girls younger than them. And I just keep thinking, like, mm-hmm. well. If so be if that is the case with a guy you like and then he doesn't like you because you're 35, well then like you're not good enough for this guy. Obviously this guy's not going to value you. Like if a person is going to not not that not the girl is not good enough for the guy. Is the guy That's what I said. Isn't that what I said? Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like this guy's not good enough for you. That isn't that what I said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. I thought I said that. Okay, but anyway, but yeah. it's like um if someone is measuring you in terms of your number, then that says a lot about who they are. You know, and mm-hmm. I That's I know right. so yeah. like so many people um like I'm buoyed by a lot of men who like I know a lot of people my friends who um who are married to much older women and it says to me that there are men out mm-hmm. there that don't care about that don't measure a woman based on her youth or her age or her beauty mm-hmm. you know that there are men who see women as human beings. Like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, exactly. I love <laughs> I, and, and the yeah. fact like I I'm glad that he is that there are articles written about how you know amazing it is that he's dating someone his age but it's also mm-hmm. like how how fucked up the fact that that is something to celebrate 
Because I feel like, I guess in his industry, at least Hollywood, it's expected that he just keep dating someone much younger than him. Um, mm-hmm. Like in Hollywood, let's just stay there for, like I'm thinking um, Aaron Johnson. I think he is a British actor. He's very, very cute. He is. He was a guy in um, Angus snogging i forget what the movie is called but he's a really hot actor and he is married to a director who i've i forgot her name i'm sorry but um she's like 23 maybe even like 25 or 30 years older than him and they're a beautiful couple um and you know like um the french president what's his name macron yeah macron. didn't he marry yeah. a girl a woman his yeah teacher. who's like 30 years older than him i love that mm-hmm. Because it means that these men like intelligent women. The intellect connection between two people is very important to me rather than the trade-offs of youth and monetary yeah, wealth. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my personal opinion. I mean, everyone's out there to, to eventually end up with a relationship will have different agendas yeah, in totally. their mind, I guess, you know, for their goals in their relationship. Yeah. And then also the, the writer, St- um, Rebecca Stoner, <laughs> she concluded her article by saying about the disadvantages of marrying yeah. older men for the younger woman is that uh, most likely you'll be taking care of both young kids if you happen to have kids with the men and the older men at the mm. same time. Yeah. And also the study shows that old men who marry younger women tends to live longer and most likely the better quality of the care, you know, because, yeah. you know, the better quality of the care that the younger woman is providing mm. or she is burdened mm. with. And very troublingly that the woman who marries uh, older men is co- um, most likely to live fewer years. Mm. You know, I guess it's like just the mentality of burden that you have to handle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The final notes that I've got yeah. here... I don't know. Should I mention just the? This is the, like a Sydney Morning Herald article that I've got as well. So there's something written about. Uh, okay, so Stacey Linden, who advocates the gracefulness of aging of modern women, so she's the host and stylist of American TV show called What Not to Wear. She says it's actually fear, like what you said about the mortality of mm. men. You know, culturally speaking the women are devalued as they age because we internalize the male gaze. Yeah. And also there's a fear of mortar- mortality when a man watch woman age. You know, they reflect the woman beside them. Onto yeah, themselves. yeah. Can I just say it's really funny when people talk about, like I was hanging out with a bunch of friends on Sunday at Marrickville Markets and they were saying, that um, I think these girls were around my age, early thirties, and they were and they were saying, "Oh, um, I've realized that I don't get looked at as much as I used to." Like, and then in my head, I was like, "I've never been looked at." Like, I felt I've always felt invisible in Sydney, always. And then here were these white women who were like, "Oh, when I was like twenty one, I walked into a bar and everyone would look at me," and I was thinking like, "What the fuck? I have never, <laughs> I have never felt seen." So like, you know, when people are like Helen Garner talks about being invisible as a 70-something-year-old 70, 70 mm-hmm. and yeah. the, the demise yeah. of women feeling, like, invisible after they hit a certain age. I think I'm totally prepared for that because I've always felt invisible. <laughs> Seriously, mm-hmm. I've never felt seen. So it just it's not a big deal for me. Like, I, I feel like I will just transition into that, you know. I've never felt the male gaze. So I wonder why... Why, why I felt that? Because I'm Asian. I, never... I feel like 
No, no, no. I, I, no. I know. I, I can understand your、uh-huh. point of view, but I don't understand the other woman. That why do they feel the need? Oh, right. Well, it's it's nice.、Them. Is that does that add values? Well, I、them? like it when someone looks at me. It depends what kind of. Oh、look. yeah. <laughs> you don't want a pervy, creepy. Look. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I think happens more often than、yeah. not. You know, it's like you feel strange. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so my final、yeah. notes would be like I think our preferences of mating is very much still socially constructed and、yeah. influenced and deeply ingrained with what capitalism、mm. ideas. You know, the standard of beauty is one of the reason how we choose our partner, and in particular for men. You know, and I feel that men are often extreme. They are they're extremely visual animals. You know, I don't know if I should use the word shallow to describe this behavior.、Mm. But even though you know, many will argue with me. Sometimes I don't know. It's really down to biological preferences of wild hips or big breasts、yeah. for reproduction purposes.、Yeah. But I'm just going to say it. It's it's just shallow. Yeah. Like it's not progressive at、yeah. all. You know, you're not comp- comp- progressing to like being intellectually connected with your partner. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. I've never、yeah. been attracted to conservatively of like I've never been attracted. I've never had a deep connection with anyone that looks like Ryan Gosling. I think because I just I've always Michael Fassbender. Oh, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like people outside of conservative、um, conservative beauty norms have been have always given me so much more interesting conversations, and that's what I value. At the end of the day, yeah, of I love people who know how to、yeah. have really interesting conversations and want to and want to explore with me through language what it means to live and have a life and what meaning there is in this world. You know, I've always met,、mm-hmm. I've always valued that way more than you know appearances. Appearance. Yeah, God. Thanks so much for chatting. It was、um, good to chat. Yeah, it was interesting topic. I don't know how things are going to change, but it's good we can discuss it. Yeah, it yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And go buy、okay. my book. <laughs> Just kidding.、Yeah. Actually, no, I'm not. Check out Jesse's、okay. book. Have a、okay. good week, guys. Bye. Bye.